Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Hani Rambod, here with my co-host, Austin, and special guest today that had flown in all the way from Tampa. We got none other than 212 reigning Olympia champion, Derek Lunsford. Hey, good to be here. <laughs> Welcome. You, you know what? If it wasn't for the fact that I saw you just a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> I'd say I miss you. I know, I, man. I, I, that's the first thing I said. I miss you, man. I was like, wait, I just saw you two weeks ago. What yeah, the heck? I know. <laughs> I know. I know. We had Derek come in uh, basically trying to situate between check-ins because obviously as he checks in and gets ready for the Olympia this year and all the things that we're doing, we're trying to use the fact that we are now in close proximity to one another now that we're based in Dallas or right in that mid, you know, mid USA so that we can go three hours to the east, three hours to the west. And uh, it's been really nice because it definitely makes a big difference. And especially when we're on central time as well, that makes a big difference. And we also have really good facilities in, in our area to be able to use a lot of different equipment. So it's been really good, especially with the, you know with the fact that I'm working on our own gym and being able to get my own facility rolling at some point. Uh, that's all starting as well, but I'm not trying to get too ahead of myself. But anyways, again, welcome. Um, how's it been the last two weeks since your guest posing? Ooh, I've been busy, man. I've been flying and traveling everywhere. It feels like, uh, I was just in Grand Rapids this mm -hmm. past weekend. Uh, I'm here now. And then I got another event coming up, uh, next week, I believe. Um, it's been good. Uh, obviously the guest posing really popped off, mm -hmm. uh, unexpectedly because I was just there to, to be there with you and at the booth at free Evagen. So it's been good, man. I just, you know, as soon as I got back home, I kept training. Uh, even through my traveling last weekend, I trained pretty hard considering the fact that I was traveling. So I'm just enjoying it, man. Like I'm really, really just loving being in the gym and being on the diet and just following the process. It's, this is definitely the best I've ever felt inside and outside the gym. And yeah, I just, I just, I'm just enjoying life, enjoying bodybuilding and all is well. Well, I think a lot of people were asking me, what is Derek going to do? Everyone, that's like the $64,000 question. Mm -hmm. What is Derek going to do? Open or is he going to go 212? And if he is, when? And I think we all know that at some point you are. That's something that we've always discussed, started working together last year. Mm -hmm. At some point you're going to go open. Now, again, things have shifted a bit with the fact that, you know, you did a really amazing appearance in front of everybody, mm -hmm. good conditioning, not being blown out and being able to hang with a lot of these guys. But at the end of the day, how did you feel? I guess my thing is that, I know I was talking to Austin about it before the show, and I said, I think that the biggest thing is that everybody wants to sit down and say how they felt when they saw you, but how did you feel going into this? Because I want to try to get your perspective on this. Yeah, I mean, you know, I just, I was training consistently, eating consistently, and doing everything that, you know, you'd had, had me do weeks prior, but it's like, again, I was supposed to be there for the, for, for you and Evagen and just, you know, to enjoy, enjoy talking to people and, and getting to know people or catching up with those who I did know at the show. Um, I was excited to see the other guest poser and see how they looked on stage the night before. Um, that's when Jim Mannion had asked me, he goes, would you want to step on stage? And I said, I mean, I'm prepared. I have, I have trunks if you want me to, like the shorts. Uh, he goes, sure, yeah, why don't you get on stage? And I don't know if he talked to you and asked if I was in shape or not. I don't, I don't know how that went down, but... I was like, sure, like I'll be prepared. I'll I'll step on stage if you want me to. Um, and in my head, I'm thinking, oh man, like this could go one of two ways. Either people are gonna say, wow, like, you know, he's he's really been putting in the work, or or man, like, oh, he's yeah, I don't know. It could he go, looks good for 212. Yeah, yeah exactly. He's <laughs> so, like, for 212, and these guys are the open. It, exactly. Right. So I was like, 
well, you know, I'm just here to have a good time, put on a show and just have fun. And so that was my mentality on stage. But, but to be honest, between the time the night before when Jim asked, um, Jermaine asked me to, to be on stage and, and, and actually getting on stage, I was a little stressed in the hotel room. I was telling Joe, I was like, I, you know, I, uh, I, I hope this goes well. I'm just gonna have fun. And she goes, oh, it's going to go well. I see you every day. You're going to go. It's going to go well. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to have fun. Sure, it went slightly well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it went well because at the end of the day, you, you know, you hung really well with these guys. My thing is this. Do you feel, and this is a lot of questions that I get. Obviously, I, I think I know the answers to it, but I think I want to yeah. walk people through this journey. That's Derek Lunsford since winning the Olympia till now, mm -hmm. right? It's been about what? Seven months. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. It's been six, seven months. Now at the end of the day, I don't think people realize how much you have to kind of control your weight. Yeah. Yeah. It's constantly dieting and constantly doing cardio consistently in the gym. I mean, the gym's no problem. I enjoy it, but consistent cardio, consistent dieting, you know, and I, I like to enjoy some life. I like to enjoy some foods that are out there too. I don't go crazy off the diet. This but is code for you like to eat. <laughs> this is code for let's go get barbecue after this. No, this is code is. for literally he yeah. can eat more than yeah. any human that I've ever seen. <laughs> you know, like Hottie can't, he doesn't eat like him. Jay, Phil, none of them can eat like Derek. And Derek legitimately has to hold back yeah. how much he eats. And I have to constantly ride him like a fat kid that wants Twinkies. <laughs> I, I remember but it's not like he wants to eat Twinkies, but I'm just saying even with meals, I was clean at, food, right? Well, even if it's clean food, yeah. but I know you like dirty food too. So don't get bit, me wrong. You bit. do. But even with clean food, yeah. you could put it away. We were at Persian restaurant and he, I had ordered him a Kubita combo with chicken. So it's like one skewer Kubita, one skewer of chicken. I ordered him appetizer. I ordered a bunch of different little, you know, side dishes with stews, like Gormasabzi, this and that and everything else. Tadik and the whole nine yards. I get a phone call from Dubai, right? And I walk away. We just got done eating. I come back 10 minutes later and he's got another plate that the their waitress and it was like a fat kid caught in the middle of the night with a Twinkie. He had a plate of full entree, another one coming after he ate all of that. So I'm sitting here. I told my wife, no, 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 bad. Everybody here is bad. You had Jell there. I think Jell was there, right? Was she, she was there for sure. Yeah. Because so. then the next night we went again. Uh, we had to say this. We went the next night and you're like, not this is not happening again. So you ended up ordering me just a single plate of just one Kubede and you ordered Jelson the double. And I was like, did, did you mean to do? No, no, that one's hers and that one's yours. I go, she gets to eat more than me. Are you kidding me? She's like, I feel bad. Should I eat this? I'm like, oh, so jealous. Yeah. And that's how it's been. It's been one of those things. But again, it wasn't like you're reaching for Twinkies and yeah. I have caught, I, I have caught people I've worked with in the past in the middle of the night, a night before a show at the hotel lobby, trying to get snacks. The night before? Yes. yes. I, can, I can we definitely never do that. I got some really good stories that no. I will definitely oh share gosh. with everybody because, oh yeah. So I can yeah. never, I can never, like once we truly, truly lock down a prep, like, all right, we're prepping for the Olympia. I could never deviate from a plan. And I've known now, like after like years of competing, to just to completely avoid sweets at all costs. Even now in the off season, like if I start to eat, a, eat sweets, I become ravenous. All I want to do is just eat, 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 eat. You know, so yeah. I have cookies, really, right? 
I definitely cookies. Yeah, I definitely that. cookies. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I remember. Like he's got, he's I remember got the caveman gene. Videos. He's got the caveman gene. He literally <laughs> does. He has the caveman gene where he starts to eat, and it's like, don't go near him. He might bite your hand. You know, it's like you know, I, what else? I guess a pit bull. Or yeah, like I was gonna bulldog. say like a dog that's like like getting fed. It's like get away from me. <laughs> I recorded some videos of him one time asking him about like, oh, favorite cheat meal, different things like that for social media. And there was just a, a certain glint, like a, a little glint in his <laughs> eye that just sparked up. And it's like, find somebody who looks at you the way that Derek looks at cookies. Pretty much. That's, that's what it's honestly for. any food. Yeah. He loves to eat. <laughs> the guy is a machine. He is an eating machine. It's my guilty pleasure. I have to admit. <laughs> so everything we do has to be revolved around that. It's a literally a negotiation. It's a negotiation working with Derek with diet. And all of that comes full circle to pretty much say that like you got to hold back quite a bit. Yes. <laughs> and to, to keep yes. the weight down. For better or worse. Yeah. I mean, I really think that actually it's good because people go, let him loose. No, because he'll blow out his lines. Mm. Right. So you have to make sure you can't just say, here you go. Let's let's just open it up. You can't do that with any one thing. Mm. Training, nutrition, PEDs, anything that you discuss, anything, too much of anything is not good. There's a balance to everything. So would that change things a lot if you were to open the floodgates to open? Like would, would things change much or would it just be? There would be some changes, absolutely, yeah. but it wouldn't be as much as everybody thinks it is. Yeah. It's not just like, because he would overdo it because yeah. he is a machine when it comes to eating. And I do know like, like there are times whenever I know, I notice myself where I'm eating more and more and more like day after day, week after week yeah. and I'm, I'm growing and and then I get to a point where I'm like, okay, I want to keep my digestion in check. Mm. So then I'll back off the food a little bit. I'll even like lower the meals, lower the food volume. And I'll just like, I won't say I'll fast, but I'll, I'll go a little longer, like in the morning without eating, um, just to give myself a little bit more um, time for my digestion to, to get back on, yeah. on track. So yeah. like, I, I always try to be conscious of my stomach and my digestion alongside of, you know, that too. So. Well, going back to the story, I let him eat the, the food, but I didn't let him eat it then. I said, you're going to take this food, put it to go. Mm. In about two and a half hours when you're hungry, again, I mean, he's already hungry there because he's a machine, but being able to digest what he has, he doesn't stretch out his stomach. I said, go ahead and eat this in two and a half to three hours. Reset. Oh, interesting. So it's not necessarily the exact volume of food overall. It's in that one moment or yeah, at that correct. exact sitting. Got correct. it. Correct. Okay. Especially because of the off season. Yeah. You know, like growing up when your parents say like, oh, if you finish your food, you can have dessert. Well, it's yeah. like the opposite of that. <laughs> Stop eating. What are you talking? <laughs> then you can have your food afterwards. Then you can have your food later. <laughs> That's it. And at the end of the day, it helps keep his midsection in check. But okay. if he was able to eat an unlimited amount of food, he would probably put in like three entrees, no problem. Easy. Yeah. I know that there were stories with Kai Green where he could sit down and have a hundred dollar breakfast, right? It, it, it really is ridiculous how much I, I really could put down if I wanted to. I mean, there's been some times when I would go to sushi and I mean, hundred rolls, hundred, hundred pieces later. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> not since we've been working together. <laughs> no, not since we've been, that was a couple of years ago. I was as going long like, as you have Eva log, you're good. Yeah. Actually that it, does help a lot. It does. Truthfully. I, this is the, like, since working with Hani, that was the first time I ever used a product like that. And I'll right now we've been doing it four times a day. Mm -hmm. Like I'll do two in the morning, like first couple meals and then two later in the evening after mm -hmm. I train and stuff. And I've noticed that's helped a lot actually. Big too. difference. Yeah. Yeah. Well, For at sure. the end of the day, what really matters is the fact that if you even drink water and you stack it with foods that can really expand your gut, you're going, it's, it's going to stretch. Mm. 
So you need to stay on top of that. And a lot of people don't realize that. They think it's just, oh, it's insulin or it's this or it's that or whatever they want to attribute it to. It's not that. There's a lot of people who don't take insulin. And everyone who's watched the Jay Cutler podcast that he's done with a lot of different, they know that I don't believe in that. I feel that that it's got a lot of negative side effects besides the fact that you could die. It has a lot of never Pretty serious side effects. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Last yeah. time I checked, Mostly, you know, yeah. you yeah. definitely want to keep, you know, your body and your heart. <laughs> I still remember like one of our first conversations, we talked about that. Like you're never going to use that. I go, good. Never have. Yeah. Never want to. So. Yeah. And one of those things is that everybody automatically says, this is the automatic cycle you got to do. This yep. is the, you know, at the end of the day, if you don't do this, you're not going to win in Mr. Olympia. You'd be very surprised at how many winners have never taken well, it. Well, it's just or, because or people extrapolate. Nobody actually knows. So everybody just throws I, out, oh, yeah. it's this. Well, you mean nobody outside of. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Yes. <laughs> that's a little bit. Uh, yeah. But yeah. I nobody do. knows. So they just throw it out there like they must be taking this, this and this and this. And that's the cause for this. Like, you got no idea. Yeah. No, you don't have no. any idea. You think you do because someone's giving you misinformation because they have an agenda or they're using you as a lab rat and that's what's happening. But the same thing goes with the food. So going back to the whole food situation, if you sit down and you're hitting a hundred, 200, whatever grams of carbs in one meal and you're just pounding water and you're going to end up just distended as hell, you're stretching out your gut. Don't do it. And that's one of those things that we have to turn around and make sure that Derek, because he has the inclination to eat again, Hottie's like the opposite. It's like, please eat, please, please eat some pasta, eat, eat some more potato, eat, you know, oh no, I want rice. I'm like, okay, rice is only going to fill you up to a certain degree. Mm. So if you need more substance and you need denser carbs, you're going to have to use those things. And then if you have to worry about a little bit of a gluten issue, then you can do a gluten-free pasta. Or what I like to do is like, whether it's cream of rice or something that's a bit, you know, or grits or any of those other kinds of foods. But one of the things that I really wanted to be able to, show people and, and explain to people even right now is that if you sit there and you take in a bulk amount of your food and not eat because you're so jammed up with so much food, it's no different than having a bunch of pizza and then you can't eat for eight hours because it's a bunch of grease in you. you just, you're not gonna be able to digest that. So what you need to do is eat clean and clean and eat often, eat clean and eat often. That's what it's about. It's consistently getting those calories in stacked with protein, you know, all your macros and you got to be able to get your protein, your carbs and your fats. So you can't turn around and say, Hey, I'm just going to do a lot more carbs or do a lot more protein, but I'm not going to turn around and take in the good fats, the fish, the vegetable oils, uh, IE avocado, uh, extra virgin olive oil that we use in, in my program. All those things are super important. And those are ways of being able to get even more calories in mm -hmm. without distension of the carbohydrates because your body's only going to process so many carbs, especially if you're trying to use a higher amount of calorie base and you don't want to bloat. You got to be able to lean on the carbs. I'm sorry, you got to lean on the fats. Yeah. So you can't just lean on the carbs and just say, hey, I'm going to have this unlimited amount of carbs. And I think that anybody who's carved up or done a show will realize that it's really a balancing act because if you are doing a ton of carbs and doing high protein and you don't have your fats, but then you start to introduce them, you'll see how your body will change during your carb up. And everyone here at this table has competed at some point, right? Yeah. So try to do a carb up with no fats. And I see noticed that, that big time this past year, you know, you and I working together for the Olympia, but, but yeah, I, I, I noticed like the, there'd be times in the past where I would really cram in a lot of food, especially late at night, uh, even if it was clean food. And I would notice that my, my sleep wasn't the highest quality. Then the next day training, 
my training wasn't highest quality. So when you're eating clean like that, uh, you're not implementing, you know, a bunch of junk food and you're eating consistently around the clock, then your, your sleep improves and then your mood improves and then your training improves. Everything improves whenever you got, you know, everything consistent around, around the clock. But when you're trying to go, ah, it's off season, I'm going to go have pizza. So I guarantee you the next day you're not going to train nearly as well. Your sleep probably sucks that night too. Yeah. You're going to feel like shit and, and your mood just like, Ugh. you know, so now for me, like after several years of competing, I just want to feel good because yeah. I want to get back to training. I want to sleep well. I want to have a good, uh, good mood and, and, and stuff. So it's like, I'd rather feel good than to, um, you know, fall into those cravings and just, well, you're me. only feeling good for a short period of time when you're eating it. It's so temporary. You're screwed. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't realize how much serotonin is produced in your gut. Yeah. Like, well, I also obviously am a huge believer in that because yeah. that's why I made a probiotic. Yeah. But when you really go down to brass tacks, you can't sit there and feel that you're going to eat something and feel good for 30 minutes to an hour and then feel horrible for the next eight or 12 no. because now your sleeping is completely messed up. Everybody in bodybuilding has some degree of sleep apnea because when you start to, especially I'm talking about big open guys, when you turn around and you're a big guy, you're going to have a thicker muscular neck, mm -hmm. big traps that all of that stuff is going to give you more likelihood of having some type of sleep apnea situation. And then the bigger you are, especially in the off season, the heavier you are, the more your gut tends to expand, you're going to have problems sleeping. And for those that are listening to this, that are bigger guys, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. You're going to feel like shit. I don't even care if you eat a ton of clean food before you go to bed, yep. you're not going to get good, comfortable sleep and you're not going to be able to recover if you don't get sleep. So all of these things have to be aligned. So you have to take note. You got, you can't just sit there and say, I'm going to eat a lot or I'm going to do this a lot, or I'm going to take a ton of supplements and I'm not going to turn around and be able to balance out all the different pillars because you have your nutrition, you have your supplements, you have your training. And then, yeah, obviously if you are a, a guy that's going to be taking PEDs, you have to also balance that out. But even then those are discussions that when I have with people and they want to create this, this gigantic laundry list of drugs that they want to talk about and do and say, Hey, what do you think about this? And I look at it and I just like, I'm baffled. I'm like, you just need enough to help you recover. You don't need to sit there and overdo it because what you're going to do is your body is going to get maxed out sooner and you're going to end up shutting down your system and you're going to end up having a ton more side effects. So yeah, you're going to be able to say, Hey, like I gained a ton of weight, but then your body's going to be fried. How many guys have you guys all seen, if you followed bodybuilding for a given period of time, that some of these people just blow up overnight, they look good for a year or two, and then all of a sudden they have to go away because their bodies just get absolutely fried. Yeah. You can yeah. also just tell, and sorry, I'm going to interrupt you. Oh, you can also just tell on how people look and talk in person, you know, like just their whole like energy of health or not. Like if people blow up too fast, there's just like a different like, oh. Yeah, well, they can't even breathe. They sound like Darth yeah. Vader. Yeah, and going off of that, you know yeah. how many guys I hear like, oh, I just can't eat enough food. I'm not hungry. And uh, I'm like, okay, so um, how's your training? Oh, it's it's good. It's good. I'm like, okay, so uh, how much cardio are you doing a week? Oh, I, I don't do cardio because I, I can't get enough calories in already. Well, maybe you should be eating the right types of food. Maybe you should be doing a little bit of cardio. Maybe that will help your training improve. And then when your training improves, you're able to get more out of the gym and then 
that food that you're eating truly supports yeah. your training rather than just trying to cram in a bunch of food. No, I think you should stay consistent. I, I don't think it has to be as strict as, as a prep, but I think it, I think you still need to go based off of the foods that you're eating during prep. And you need to consider the fact that your training and your rest and recovery are still just as important as the calories that you're getting in. Mm. You're cramming in food and you're full and you're sick and you're throwing up and stuff. Uh, I think, there's uh, that's a that's a hint that maybe somebody's telling you something. Yeah, yeah, clearly. Well, speaking of digestion, we definitely I want to talk about Flex Flex Lewis. Okay, because he did have some problems with digestion, but he had it I think off and on for a good part of his career, if not his whole career. But I know that he had to deal with a lot of different things. But I know that you wanted to turn around and, and compete against him. You wanted to be able to stand on stage, and now that he's yeah. retired. Uh, how do you feel about that? Because I know that you've mentioned. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I actually messaged him right away when I heard the announcement of his retirement, I said, you know, um, you know, I'm happy for him and his family and all the, the blessings God has given him, um, through his hard work. Um, but I was really hoping to be able to step on stage with him at least one more time, especially in the open. Um, and I said, but to be honest, you know, I, I got to stand next to you twice, uh, in the two twelve, and that's more than most people can say. So it's, it's a privilege to be able to do that, to say that. Um, but I, I really, really, really wanted to step on stage, uh, with him here in the open, especially now working with you and, and a couple years down the road, both of us improving. I mean, the, the, the best physique I think he ever presented was the 2018 Olympia. And, um, I, I, I think he, he smacked it out of the park and, and he looked great. And I just, I would have loved to seen him in the open with me in the open. And I think that would have been, uh, not just great for the both of us, but I think it would have been awesome for the fans of bodybuilding too. So it's disappointing that I, that I don't get that opportunity, but at the same time, I'm like super happy for him and his family. Like he just had a, a, a newborn. Yes. And like, so, so, I mean, it's his choice. I mean, he, you know, like I said, God's truly blessed him and his family and I'm, I'm very happy for him, but, uh, you know, selfishly, I would have loved to, uh, I think all of us as a, as a fans Damn, are, yes. selfish, yeah. are selfish to say we'd love to see him continue because I was hoping that we would get one, you know, one more last hurrah and say, Hey, let's get, let's get yeah. flex out there. But all in all, the reason why I'm bringing it up because you're one time Olympia two twelve champion. He's seven time Olympia champion. And I know how hard it is for you to want to continue to like go, Hey, look, I really would love to see just myself stretch my legs. This guy did it for seven years, kept sucking down, sucking down, sucking down. The mental mind F this whole thing was for him to be able to have to continuously say, I'm going to have to burn off some muscle because I guarantee you he burned off muscle to make weight. Yeah. Guaranteed. And to do that over and over and over again, he's one seven to 12. Phil is one seven and open. And to think that what we would have had to go through to try to go and make weight for Phil or some situation is just, it's, it's really yeah. mental because your body, it's called bodybuilding. Exactly. I was about to say that. And that's, that's literally what people ask me like about the two twelve and open myself. I'm like, look, I want to be the best bodybuilder I can be. I want to continue to grow and shape and mold my physique. And I want to, I want to have no limitations to that. That is, that has been my overall um, mindset from the very first moment I started bodybuilding. So I can imagine, you know, seven times sucking down to the 212, you know, he's probably thinking, I just really just want to let loose and, and be 225 on stage and just present this to the world. Exactly. Because you don't see the mental aspect of how hard it is. It's so much more like wrestling now when you have to suck in and try to make weight 
And if you're 184 and you're trying to wrestle 154s and you're sitting here going, okay, I'm 182. I got to lose 30 pounds. Some of it's fat, sure. Some of it's water, but a lot of it's also muscle mass that you got to turn around and say to yourself, this is inherently against the whole nature of bodybuilding to try to sit and schedule yourself to be able to be at that weight on that given day. And you know that you're not your best. You're just trying to look your best against the people you're standing next to. So again, kudos to him because I think that people need to identify how hard it is to make weight year after year, but let alone seven years in a row. Yeah, that's having to do that. Seven years. That's pretty amazing. And, and like you said, like coming off the Olympia title or coming off the Olympia last year, having that two twelve title, you're like, Whoa, man, I, I, you know, that's, I just earned that title. I I have that title. Now it's, do you really want to give that up? And I'm sure that's what was going through his head every single year. and was like, yes, I probably, it would be so much better to just present this 225 pound bodybuilder on stage, my physique at that weight. But I'm going to come back down and be the champion again. That's probably what he was thinking every, every single year. I mean, it had to be right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like I said, it's, it's a tough decision for you right now with one year under your belt practically. Mm-hmm. And then for someone like him who continuously had to make the decision, it's a, such a tough decision mm-hmm. because as everyone's saying, we want to see you, we want to see you, we want to see you continue to keep going. It's hard because you have to physically, you're the one that has to actually suck down and make weight, not them. Yeah. And it's, it's not easy. It is. It's, it, I can't say it's very much fun <laughs> at yeah. all. I think another thing that set it ablaze also coming from somebody like just fan of the sport of watching all of this is one of the things. What that division off, did you compete in? Classic. Classic. That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's but right. I had a lot more weight to pack on after that. Yeah. <laughs> I could, I had but a lot you weren't more. at your, cl- you weren't at your limit, right? No, 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 no. I was probably like 14 pounds under. Okay. Yeah. So I had a lot of room to grow. Um, but the last time I competed, I was 21. Um, so I didn't expect to come in. Well, that was like six months ago, right? It was. Yeah. (laughs) Six and a half. Um, but I think as a fan of the sport, just watching it all, it's, it was, everybody always was like, I'd love to see Derek open, love to see Derek open. But it was especially when you got on stage next to the open guys where everybody was like, oh shoot. They, I don't think everybody was expecting. We talked about this in the other podcast as well. Just we weren't expecting that to see the first time all of a sudden that comparison there of everybody, then everybody's like, we really, really want to see this actually happen. I'll be honest with you. I don't know how much that would have occurred. What the likelihood of that occurring is if Rami was there, mm-hmm. because with that Rami situation being gone and not, or I should say not being able to come in for whatever reason, I still think that there's speculation there, but no one's really I still, been, still and, don't know. And I don't think yeah. he's still been on social media mm-hmm. at all since, you know, before the, Olymp- uh, before the uh, Pittsburgh it, w- it would have been a different story because either Jim would have said, okay, yeah, still, I want you up there. Why don't you go ahead and it'd be great to have you up there with the, with the open guys. Or he would have said, no, we already have our guys because the other guys were on the poster. That's mm-hmm. it. So stars, personally, stars I would have loved to see you stand next. To, I would love to see you stand next to him because he's such a monster. He's such a big guy. He's taller. He's bigger. But again, that's not always better. But it would have been great to be able to just do that. But it's all the lines, though. That's why it ties back into the digestion thing. It's just whenever you have that tight, really small midsection, it just makes everything else like quads and lats. Everything looks so much larger. So I think that that plays just such a massive part of it is, you know, it's not necessarily just overall weight 
obviously we all know that, but like with that on stage with the vacuum and difference, like, Oh shoot. It just makes everything look just that much freakier. I thought it would have been awesome to stand next to Rami too. Yeah. And actually since Chris Bumstead was there, I almost, almost said something uh, to the crowd. Like Where, where's Chris at? Yeah. But I didn't. We talked about that too. <laughs> yeah. We would have loved yeah, to see Chris. That would have been there. awesome. Yeah. Uh, and Chris, like, Chris is always in good shape. I don't yeah. know why he doesn't guest pose. You should guess. And he's heavy. Here. Well, he's tall. Putting yeah. that tan yeah. on and shaving and all that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe you ask me. He, so he asks me, he goes, <laughs> and he goes, he goes, oh, do I need to do anything? I said, shave your face. <laughs> I was like, you know, I'm like, you're li- you look like Al Qaeda. Come on, man. Are you like, you know? I was like, what's going on? I was like, seriously? I told y'all, I was like, man, I really don't want to shave my face. I, I feel like I, I lose like five years uh, when I shave my face. <laughs> yeah. And then you got the gray streak. Everyone's like, I know, what's like, going what's on with going? that gray streak? It's my highlights. <laughs> you're not your natural I, highlights. When did no, you start no, graying? It. When did you start graying? Uh, I think 20, it was my early twenties, like 23, 24, but so was my dad. So was my grandpa, like everybody in my family, like from generation to generation, like even my uncles, like they started going gray, like early to mid twenties. So that's when I started noticing it. So I would have took gray over bald. <laughs> well, you got some gray. Fair point. Yeah, I got gray. Yeah. I got both. I'm already, I'm already starting to get them. So uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it started a few months ago. I'm just joking. <laughs> I mean, that's when you started seeing your new girl. Oh, oh shots fired. Ooh. Oh, man. That's another podcast. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll talk about that, too. We'll talk about that, too, because how important it is to have a really good girl in your yeah. really in to, is your backbone. Oh, you know? absolutely. So, you know, partner, whatever it is. You know, we say girl, but, you know, women who are listening to this, yeah. a good male or however you're you know what your personal preference is, it's up to you. But at the end of the day, to have that support system is really important. At the end, you know, if you turn around and you see anybody that has been someone who is super successful, they don't have a lot of chaos in their personal life when it comes to that. They have somebody who is a pillar of strength that they can bounce off ideas to. And I'm not saying somebody who's a cheerleader. That's actually not a good thing. You need somebody to balance you out so that when you have super highs, they bring you back down. And then on the flip side of that, if you have super lows, they bring you back up because they need to help ground you. They don't need to sit there and say, oh, you got robbed. You got this, you got that, whatever. That's not what you need to hear. Now, if they think that you have been, hey, look, you could have done better. I think that this could have happened or something. That's fine. But if you have somebody in your corner who's going to help balance you out, that's going to take you much, much further than just be a cheerleader. So if you guys are looking for life partners out there, take it from someone who's been through a lot of different athletes who've worked with a lot of athletes and the ones who have done very, very well have been able to both on and off the stage have been with people that have their back and have been able to balance them out. So again, it's not about just being your cheerleader and just rooting for you when things are going well, but also to be able to pick you up when things aren't. Absolutely. And uh, my wife is the biggest blessing in my life. 100%. 100%. We've been been together for 11 years now. Finally got married um, this past March. And um, she had, we, we did three years long distance mm-hmm. while I was living in Tampa from 2018 to 2021. She graduated or 2020? 2021. Uh, she gra- or 2020, yeah. She graduated. So you've and, been together how long? 11 years. And we did three years long distance while wow. I was in Tampa. And she was going to grad school to be a doctor of physical therapy. So this, this is called the truth podcast for a reason. I'm going to yeah. put you on the hot seat. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> Jealous and I hope you're not watching. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
you got guys like you who are now married, who've been yeah. together for a long time. You've been doing a long distance thing in this sport where there's a lot of people that are sliding into DMS and this and that. Mm. And I'm, you know, there's, there's guys out there. Andre's a single guy, you know, <laughs> depending on what week it is. <laughs> right? Depending on which what week. day of the week. What, what, uh. And I see someone like him, and I'm going to use him as an example because he's one of my athletes. And I sit there and go, you got 5.2 million. Yeah. Followers. And he's in his mid twenties. Yeah. And a lot, good looking guy, right? Yeah. Model, physique yeah. athlete, sponsored by several companies. So he's doing very well. And at the end of the day, one week he's in, right now he's in Bali. Right? This guy. He's balling in Bali. <laughs> he's balling in Bali. Before that, he was in Dubai. Yeah. Before that, he was in the UK. You know, he comes here from time to time. Andre, you need to come back a little bit. You need to get back. We got to get ready for these shows. Get, get your butt over here. But at the end of the day, I think it creates a lot of distraction and it can. So it's hard. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying it's hard when you don't have someone regular in your life. It's very, very difficult. I personally couldn't imagine it. I mean, like I said, we've been there together for 11 years. That's what I was going to ask you. How, could you see yourself single right now and trying to uh, be where you are? I don't try to think about it at all, but if I were to think about it, um, it would, I would be a different person. Thousand percent. Yeah. Probably not as successful. Definitely not. Yeah. Definitely not. Um, I'm definitely way more focused and focused on the right things. Not even just just focused on bodybuilding, but thinking about like my life and the future I have with her and my future family and, and the people that are around me now, like my true friends and family and the people that I, I work with, like it just helps me like stay focused on the right things, mm -hmm. you know? Um, it, 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 I think it'd be very hard for someone that's, you know, getting hit up right and left and, and, and going down that path. It's very tempting. Uh, it depends on who you are, right? Yeah, but like, I'm saying, especially a guy that's 25 and yeah, single, it's yeah. really hard. That's why I said, the other person that comes to mind is Nick Walker. Last mm. time I checked, he doesn't have a regular, like he's not married. I don't know if he's got a regular girlfriend or friends. <laughs> yeah. I know I know he's gotten very creative with what he likes um, and, and on that side uh, of the uh, I've talked uh, to on that side of the sheets because you train with him yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just one of those things where I'm just thinking to myself, hmm. I wonder what that happens with that mentality because when Jay was going all those years and he had Carrie and all, you know, just people, and I'm not saying it's impossible to do it, but yeah. I'm just saying is that it is something where I feel that it is a part of the formula. I believe so. Yeah. At least it is for me. Right. I know that. And, um, yeah, I, I talked to Nick I consider Nick a friend and, um, yeah, we, we've actually, even after that guest posing. <laughs> yeah, no, we're cool. He's cool, man. He's cool. Um, no, man, I actually talked to him a little bit about um, his personal life in mm -hmm. terms of relationships and stuff. And he's asked me, you know, how I did long distance and how I was able to handle my relationship with Jell and this and that. Um, you know, and I actually, it's crazy we're even talking about this. Uh, I actually told him the exact same thing. I said, man, like, I think you already know this, but I think obviously, first of all, you need to be focused on you. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is, is, is not like going out and do this, all this fun stuff. I'm saying focused on, on training in the Olympia, which he is obviously. But, uh, I, I said, like, I think if he had a solid girl, like by his side, I think that he would be even better. I actually said that to him. And um, well, I don't know how much better he can be. Cause like I said, he's doing really well. He's doing know. really well, but there are know. times where you can get distracted mm -hmm. But he's still, I, he, I, I mean, I put him in one of those things where 
he's the exception. I think there's yeah. other people. He doesn't come to mind in terms of somebody that's going off and screwing off. Well, I guess when I said better, I didn't mean like, um, like a, a better bodybuilder. I just, I just meant like more or less, like it would just help him stay more focused on the right things. Like I was more mentioning. complete lifestyle. Yeah. Type yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. I think that that's the most interesting thing is so many people have not experienced a relationship where the person is removing things from your plate and supporting you instead of adding more additional chaos or stress to your life. And so people are just look like, well, no, I can't handle a relationship right now. I'm like you definitely can when it's the right situation where the person is going to actually make your path and your goals easier. Like they make your whole entire mission so much easier because of the support and everything that's being added into it instead of, because a lot of people have just experienced, you know, they're on a goal, they're on a track, a relationship enters, they veer off right. because all of a sudden mm -hmm. their attention has to go to this or whatever. I'm the youngest one at the table here or anything, but like in my relationship where I just have a lot of support on everything that I'm doing, I can tackle more now. Like I can be more focused on everything I'm going to do because that's a, a peaceful place outside of it. That's how so, I feel. Yeah. You, you, you need that. Otherwise, you know, but so many people have only experienced chaos. And so, you know, it's a lot of negative energy yeah. that can occur. And I think that I'm, as you know, very big on energy and yeah. making sure that you, how effective you are has a lot to do with who you have around you to help support you. Thousand and, percent. And if you don't have the right team, Everyone thinks bodybuilding is this like single sport, you know, I'm going to go out there like a wrestler and it's just me. It's not, it's oh. the furthest thing from the truth. Yeah, completely. I mean, you have, you have your coach, you have your, your significant other, you have your friends, you have your family, um, all of that. And yeah, it, it I, I, from the very beginning, that's what I said. Like I'll, I'll like, I'll never say like, this is, you know, I'm, I'm just the guy I'm just the guy on the stage. This is a whole team, a whole village that has helped me get to this point. You know, like I'll never be the guy that says like, I'm a, I'm a one man show or, or I did it all alone. I had no help. It was all me. That's just not the case at all. I think you're, I think if that's, you know, your mentality or that's what you're preaching, I think that uh, all those people that are helping you is just, you're, you're not, you're not giving any credit to people that truly have had your back. And so that's why, like, I always try to give credit where it's due to you the whole Evigen team, to my wife, to my friends, to my family, to everybody, everybody that's supported me, you know, even, especially the fans, like, you know, so much support and love. I'm traveling, I'm meeting people or, or catching up with people I've met, uh, met in the past. It's like, like I said, I was up in Grand Rapids this past weekend and it's just like a massive amount of love that was just given to me. Every year I'm up there, it's just, it's just awesome. It's motivating to me and it helps me just keep pushing forward. And it's like, okay, I'm on the right track. If I'm, if I'm, you know, able to motivate and inspire this many people and we have good conversations, it's like, I must be doing something right. So let's just keep going down this path. And like, that's, that's what they do for me. So it's, it's a whole team. It's not just one person. It's not just coach athlete. It's not just athlete. It's not just wife athlete. It's, it's everyone. It's the whole village. It's also how you treat those people around you as well. Like, you know, and, and I actually quick, quick storyline. I met you years ago. I think I briefly told you this, yep. but I met you in the gym and you took time to give me a bunch of tips on leg training. And I was working doing a leg day that time. And you like ran me through a bunch of everything like that. You gave me your phone number at the time, everything like this years before we met here. Did I, I don't remember that. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so looking back on that, I'm like, when you do that for fans at the time and when you do that for fans or other people around you, take the time to focus and yep. to actually do that. Everybody wants to support you so much more. And it's, so it's so important on how you just take care of and treat the people around you that, you know, even some kid at the time that, you know, you hadn't met yet. So it's cool. Well, the thing is, man, is I was just some kid that wanted to learn and grow 
and and be the best I could be. So I was out there trying to to do the same as you were. Like if mm-hmm. I if I was around somebody I thought knew more than me or had a different spin on something I was you know doing, I wanted to learn. I'll try it out for myself. Does it work or does it not work? If it does, you know, I'll add that tool to the toolbox. If not, then okay, at least I tried and I know not to do that anymore. Exactly. So I think it's good. I think I think we are starting to see true camaraderie coming back to bodybuilding. I do see that. I see that. I yeah. see. I like the collabs that are going on. Mm-hmm. I see you training with Nick. It's I fun. See Hunter and all the guys that are training with each other, whether they're a part of each other's team with some, you know, with clothing. I know you guys are part of Gasp mm-hmm. and some of the things that you guys are doing. But at the end of the day, I think that it's really cool to be able to say, okay, I want to go out there and do that. And if you want to talk crap, go ahead and talk crap. I mean, look <laughs> at Nick and, and, and Blessing, right? Yeah. The, you know, I want to talk a little bit about Blessing because he had a really good run the last two shows. Yeah. He looks great. And I think that he's got the formula now with George. I think that, you know, he's been able to really nail it. And I think that with him and, and Nick, it's very entertaining. Seeing that. Yeah. How'd you feel about that? I like it because it, it's kind of a rerun of what happened last time, except for now, all of a sudden blessings like, look, I got my stuff straight and I look way better. Let me go back and forth with you now. So let's see what that happens because they were talking so much crap to one another in last year and now all of a sudden he you know blessings winning and now you have nick that's like okay cool yeah let's go ahead and let's let's get it on again and and so i think it creates a little bit of that anticipation and now it's like you got blessing who you looks think better he can take him do i think nick can, or no i was saying you think blessing could take nick no yeah that's not no i don't think he can take him not yet yeah not yet i think that nick is just too complete right now I think Nick is too complete. I think, uh, and Nick knows it. (laughs) He's got that little bit of that attitude and whatnot. Uh, and I think that, but blessing is way better. And I think it's definitely going to be closer than it was last year. But I do think that Nick is becoming even better and he's improving. And I think blessing has improved. But again, I think that if you ask blessing, he would have liked what the way he looks like this year, last year, that's what he was going for. And then he would have been improved on that this year because you're like I said, this is bodybuilding. He would have been just better and better and try to be able to focus on his legs, thickening up his hamstrings, his quads, his sweep, all of those areas. But also it played out perfectly because last year he didn't come in on point, right? Slipped, slipped back a little bit, but this year, or, or, and I should, I should say Nick was in the show, right? Mm-hmm. And won the show last year. So this year, Nick was not in the show Blessing had improved tremendously and mm-hmm. won the show. Mm-hmm. So the, I think that creates more excitement for the fact that they weren't on stage together either. So I think it was cool that they did uh, the back and forth there, but you know, I just be you know a little cautious for others that want to try that. I think it has to be the right people. Absolutely. And, I think the history of them yeah. too was what really yeah. now creates anticipation for the Olympia. Yeah. I don't know if Blessing's doing any more shows. I'm assuming not, but let's just say he is. But if he's going to be going head to head with Nick, everyone's going to put their eyes on the Olympia now and be like, Oh yeah, let's see why that. It was also Nick and Hunter too, right? 
I believe there was a good, little bit some last year. There too. was a little bit, there, yeah. but a lot less. Yeah, because Blessing yeah. is really good at talking crap. Yeah, he's really good yeah. at talking just shit. I'm going to tell you this right <laughs> now. He's, he's really good at it. Besides that, and throwing protein and creatine up in the air <laughs> and doing all of those things, he's really bad at showering because he can't get the soap off. So if he any of you, oh, I remember watched, that video. I was so confused for a second. I was like, absolutely, absolutely. About? And he's he's a great guy. I met him years ago at, in Dubai, mm. and he, super nice guy. Super nice guy. Yeah, I saw him at the Arnold too. He came up behind me and put me in a choke. I'm like, who is, who's behind? <laughs> oh, what's up, man? No, so he, 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 he's a cool down to earth guy, but, but he is serious about competing, man. Obviously. Oh, he is. Yeah, he is. And he's very serious about beating Nick yeah. and, you know, trying to beat everybody. I mean, yeah. obviously everyone's trying to beat everybody, yep. but at the end of the day, that rivalry just got reignited and that just got serious. Yeah. Yeah. Like I like to say, shit just got real. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Shit just got real. I, I so, think bodybuilding does need some of that. Um, but, but like I said, like it has to be the right people, right circumstances. It can't just be everybody coming up and just stirring drama. I think this is a really good rivalry. Yeah. And I think I'm looking forward to some more yeah. coming in. Yeah. Some different segues coming in. <laughs> obviously, I think that one of the things that you have to look at is since bodybuilding has lost Phil, I think things have changed a lot. And I'm not just saying that because I work with Phil, but I think the Phil and Kai thing was a big deal. It was like a Ronnie and Jay thing. So when that whole situation kind of changed and at some point I, we got to sit down and talk to Phil because I think that Phil has his own way of and perspective on bodybuilding. But what really needs to be looked at now is the fact that these rivalries don't really exist. And not to that caliber. No, no, no. no. And I, I think that that's the thing. Uh, God rest his soul, Sean, when he won, that was short-lived because of what ended up happening with his legal situation. Yeah. And um, you turn around and then the following year you have Brandon Curry win. Then all of a sudden we have Big Ramy win the last two years. So it's one of those things there. You don't see Brandon's not a guy that's going to sit there and talk crap. He's not a kind of guy that likes to mix things up. Um, you know, like at that level, you know, he's a more just, professional let me go in there and get my job done let me take care of my family let me go out there i'm going to try to beat your butt on stage that's the kind of personality that brandon has mm -hmm. but when you create these crazy rivalries where it literally starts to pull in coaches <laughs> i remember <laughs> there was times where they would try to pull me into it yeah and i'm a person who likes to just sit back and let the guys do their thing on stage but there are times where i have to st stand up and say things i will when it came to Kai versus Phil, it was one of those things where literally people were going, to, there was blows. Mm -hmm. Everyone thought that this was made up. It was not made up. They were coming to the point where a few seconds, you can see Phil. I could just <laughs> think that, you know, that I know scene, what you're talking. I, I remember it, man, because th this is when I first started bodybuilding, man. Back with the first generation iron movie and and when when they were having their their most heated rivalry That was when I came into the sport. So I mean it got me fired up and inspired to, to be here So trust me. I know this all too. Well when he flipped his hair around yeah. and yep, and hit him oh, <laughs> and, yeah. hit, and they hit elbows on the yeah. poses on front double bicep and everything else they're literally hitting elbows and what happens is You sit down and you look at that rivalry. You kind of go wow What's going to happen next? You start to go with Team Coleman, or you go with Team Cutler. You go with Team Heath, or you go with Team Kai. You go with one guy versus another. Mm -hmm. And there's only a handful of those that got so heated where 
I remember in 2001 with Jay versus Ronnie, people were chanting, Jay, 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 Ronnie, Ronnie, Ronnie. I mean, people were going nuts and it was cool. It was really cool because depending on who you ask, at the end of the night, they'll say, well, this should have been the winner. It should have been Jay or it should have been Ronnie because Ronnie was so dominant and he peaked at night or whatever. Mm-hmm. But when you sit down and you start looking at these now coming on, some of these things, it's going to be interesting to see how much that storyline develops. But I do like it because it's not WWE, mm-hmm. but it is one of yeah. those things that creates some of that energy. So it hopefully- It real. It does. To feel, it and does. I think that to me, looking at it, it doesn't feel like some of that's there because say for, for in open, for instance- it doesn't feel like there's as much that because every show's been so different. Like people are shifting around a lot. It's not like there's a definitive like, oh, everybody's going in expecting this guy to take it to an extent. Like there's been shows where people have walked out and it's been super unexpected. Somebody's fallen back multiple placings or jumped up multiple placings. So I think that that's part of it, at least from my eyes, is there. it just feels very up in the air often. And there's like not as many like this person going directly after this. But I feel like some of the younger guys are doing really good job of that on social of kind of putting those nudges out there and kind of getting that started a bit. Did you have any of that in 212? <laughs> Did I have any of that? Um yeah, me and Flex had a um, had a legit rivalry. Did you really? Uh yeah. Yeah, it was pretty it was, it was it was it was pretty This is what happens when I don't have anybody in the class. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Attention. Yeah, me and me and Flex definitely um had a rivalry. Um 2017 I was just excited to go from amateur to the Olympia. Like I won Mr. USA, mm-hmm. I won Tampa Pro, and I went to the Olympia and I'm getting first call out. I'm like, holy crap, man. Like you, this is a dream come true. Every weekend was a dream come true, to be honest. Because um, my whole whole thought was just win Mr. USA, win my pro card. Um, so standing next to, to Flex, Jose, David Henry, Ahmad Ashkenani, all the, all those guys, it was um, it was an honor, it was a privilege. Of course, I was coming to to challenge them, but I didn't really have any expectations. Coming off the 2017 Olympia, I was definitely, definitely coming for that title. And Flex Lewis being a six-time Olympia champion at the time, oh, he knew I was coming. And... Um, you know, I ended up placing second and all that, all that, uh, back and forth was, was legit. Um, in 2018 now, now when he retired and yeah, but was he back and forth or were you just the one that was talking crap? It was back and forth. Oh, he was coming, he was coming back at you. Oh yeah. Oh, I really? remember a bit of oh, that yeah. because there was a lot of talk out there. Where was I? Yeah. Every- <laughs> <laughs> what year was this? 2018. 2018. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Man, I was like seven and I was up on today on this. What's going on? Yeah. So, so anyway, to make a long story short, yeah, 2018 was, was hundred percent legit. And I think it was super exciting for, for the fans and, and for bodybuilding. Um, then, then he retired. And after that, you know, we'd, you know, we have a different relationship now. So, you know, he's not competing anyways. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, I do like seeing it, but I want to ask you guys that are watching this, or if you're listening to this on the podcast, go to the YouTube page, put the comments below, let us know. If you think that these rivalries are any good or who are the ones that you would like to see stacked up next to each other, I don't care who it is. It could be Derek. It could be with someone, somebody else. It could be with blessing with somebody else. I would like to hear what you guys have to think about this because I do think I like it. I really like it, especially when they're in the same bucket, like they can handle it's close. If you have a Nick versus let's say Hunter, right? Cause they were, there was four a, five, there was four or five. And some people thought that that should have been sweat, uh, switched. They should have been flip-flopped. Mm-hmm. Some people said that, you know, right. you have these people that are going in. Ian, let's talk about Ian. Because mm. Ian was right outside of the cusp of those guys, right? Mm-hmm. So if you look at somebody like Ian and you go, 
how does he match up against blessing? Ian's mm-hmm. got bigger legs, but blessing's got a crazy round upper body. How does that work out? Like some of these guys now, cause now it's really kind of making me think it's cause they have different strengths. Yeah. They're both good bodybuilders, great bodybuilders and they have different strengths, but they're, they, they, one of them has shape and symmetry and crazy proportions. The other one has just gnarly shredded hard muscle. And it's like, they both look awesome. And which one do you choose? It's splitting hairs, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. You guys all have your strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. No one's perfect. Everyone's chasing. Even Phil at his best or even Ronnie at his best, Dorian at his best. Everyone still could make their physique even better. So at the end of the day, make sure you like, make sure you subscribe. (laughs) This is a great segue. (laughs) And make sure you comment because we want to be able to interact. We're going to all jump on there and we're going to be answering questions and we're going to also be able to create more food for thought so that we, if you like this, I, I created more of a round table session with the situation we have here where we try to bring Derek in instead of it just being an interview style is talking about modern day events and some of the other things that we're talking about today. And I think the other thing is just, we went a little bit down the psychology of bodybuilding. It, do you think that bodybuilding is addictive? Yeah, it is for me. Um, from the very first time, I'll never forget the very first time I walked into a gym. I actually went from wrestling practice. I was wrestling 112 pounds and I went from wrestling practice to the gym. And an older guy that was helping me wrestle at the time said, man, you got to get bigger. You got to put some meat on those bones. Come with me, come to the gym. I said, okay. And so we went there and, and, and I thought I was training for wrestling, but we were doing a bodybuilding workout. And I just remember the pump that I got in my arms and it was just like, Oh man, I love this. Like I love being in the gym and I feel accomplished. And so that just like that alongside of my competitive spirit, they just compounded on each other. And just like every time I would, you know, finish a hard workout, I just felt so much more confidence and so much, you know, accomplishment from that. And I could see my physique growing and getting better. I was getting stronger. I was a better athlete or better wrestler at the time. And I just got hooked. I remember like training for wrestling uh, and going to college. And I remember like the days that we would have like rest days, I would be in the gym training. And and I just realized at that time, I'm like, I think I like being in the gym and working out even more than I like wrestling, but I wasn't sure. I I liked them both. I loved them both. But do you think it was because also that it was a really good, like an outlet? An outlet for stress and anxiety? I always wanted to feel like i was going somewhere okay so let's go down that let's unpack that what i realized working with you was that you enjoy training yes almost to the point where i have to tell you to back off and just kind of refocus so you don't just keep going down the same rabbit hole Mm -hmm. of more and more and more or heavier 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 Mm -hmm. but really go slower and really create a better eccentric concentric slow down create better time under tension mind muscle connection, especially in your legs. I wanted to get mm-hmm. really work on those upper thighs and be able to get that outer sweep. And cause you're so wide, I really wanted to make sure that they balance out. Right. There's no point in having it. There's a difference between V and X mm-hmm. and like the letter yeah. X it's balanced between right. the top and the bottom. What I realized from you is that you have a little bit of obsessive compulsive disorder. I think everybody in this sport does in bodybuilding in general, but you have it to the point where you really had to back you off on certain things yeah. to try to really steer you in the right direction when it came to the training, like train smarter, not harder mm-hmm. was a lot of it. Mm-hmm. But do you feel 
that maybe part of that was because of your anxiety because you had anxiety going into this? Cause um, I do want to just touch on that a little bit. So before we say anxiety, I never believed I had anxiety or thought anything about anxiety. I just thought to myself, I want to feel accomplished. I want to feel like I'm going somewhere. I'm, I'm putting my best foot forward every single day. And that was based off a completely another conversation being my upbringing. Um, you know, when, when you're being told certain things like, you know, growing up, I don't want to say who, but important people in my life, you know, you're worthless. You'll never make anything of yourself. You had family members. Yeah. Okay. And I thought, okay. And that's when that whole Muhammad Ali, you know, quote, I'll show you how great I am mm -hmm. mentality came about. So it drove my competitive spirit because I love sports. And so through sports, I trained hard and trained hard. And the coach would say, oh, the more, the, the harder, hardest worker will get the most playing time. That's not necessarily the truth, but that's what drove me to work harder. So I always felt like, okay, I'm going to put my best foot forward. I'm going to give everything I possibly can. And I know in bodybuilding, it's not just about working hard. It's about doing all the right things on a consistent basis, but there is a hard working aspect to it. And I never want to question whether or not I'm working hard enough. And so that's why I would get so OCD about, am I doing the right thing? Am I going heavy enough? Am I doing the right reps? Am I picking the right exercises? So I became so obsessed with making sure I did everything perfect that I maximized my results on a daily basis to the point where I'm sure it drove you nuts. You know, it drove me nuts <laughs> thinking that maybe I'm, I'm not like, is there, is there a part that I'm missing here? And I don't ever want to question whether I'm doing the right thing or not. So that's why you saw it as anxiety and looking back. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I was getting so worked up um, about this uh, that, you know, when, when you were like, Hey man, just, just chill. Like you're good. Like I'm like, I'm telling you what to do. You're doing a great job. You're executing. Just understand that. Don't, don't be questioning yourself. Just do what I tell you and, and keep working hard like you have been and just, and just stop the psychological, like, you know, warfare that's going on in your own mind. Just chill. Just understand you're doing everything right. You got to a point where I said, do you have any more anxiety? And you said, <laughs> I know what you're going to say. It, you said, I, I guess, let me back up a little bit. There was two things that were causing anxiety. One was the fact that you were overanalyzing. Okay. You're overanalyzing and second guessing even yourself a lot mm -hmm. of times. The second thing that we did touch on in one of the other podcasts that we did was the fact that you were doing the vapes. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then when we were able to pull that out, I felt like garbage at that time too. Right. You were vaping a lot. Yeah. And then you when you were able to detoxify your system mm -hmm. and you did it because you thought that this was the right thing to do because you saw some other people do it. Right. Right. Yep. So other bodybuilders that were doing it and mm -hmm. you said, okay, well, this is what they do. And this really helps. Cause I out. can give up anything at any moment. Like I have. Yeah. You did. You, yeah. could, you went through withdrawals. Yeah. But you it was horrible. Cold turkey. Yeah. And it was one of those things where I'm like, are you sure you want to do this? And you're like, yeah, I can do it. Watch. Yeah. And, and you did it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you did. But you got to the point where that reduced your anxiety. Plus you started to really believe in yourself and the position that we were putting you in. And you started to really understand I don't need to live off of this anxiety because you were feeding off the anxiety. Yep. And the problem with doing that is it's very addictive. Mm -hmm. And what happened after that, when we lowered your anxiety level, because again, you're never going to completely get rid of anxiety right. because part of anxiety is giving you angst or giving you a little bit of that. 
I feel it motivates you. Mm -hmm. It can motivate you mm -hmm. to be able to get things out. Like, hey, look, I gotta stay on top of my diet because I don't want to get my ass handed to me on stage. I better stay on top of my training because again, I need to get those weak body parts up. I gotta turn around and do these things. But you got to the point where you had anxiety about not having anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> and that was the craziest thing about it. You're like, yo, you're not you're not stressing, so now you're stressing about not stressing? What that don't even make sense. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for the listeners, what ended up happening was we had a conversation and you said, I feel like I should be stressing and I'm not. I don't know what's wrong. <laughs> I go, That's You've true. never really felt normal before. Yeah. This was the closest thing he got. Yeah. Yeah. And his demeanor has completely changed. I mean, this isn't the same, yeah. like even the conversation we're having right now and people who are listening to this, who know Derek for a while, know this isn't, yeah. this is the, this is like <laughs> not what you used to get. You used to be chip on your shoulder, Derek, over the top. Let me try to really think about what I'm about to say because I need to turn around and be very edgy or I need to portray a certain role or come across a certain way, Derek. That's the way he used to be this is and when you're in that moment you don't really think you're like no no i have a good heart i know who i am but but like you don't see what other people see like it's it's very 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 hard to see yourself from another person's perspective you know what i mean yeah so yeah man um i think we've come a long way for sure um big changes big changes why well, it's good to have close people in your circle who call you on things yeah that you don't always see <laughs> but yeah it kind of goes to saying like you know you were saying like how you're never going to get rid of all the anxiety or stress. It's kind of like saying like um, how last year I said, man, like that was like the smoothest, best prep. Like I felt the healthiest and everything. But at the end of the day, like there was still some suffer that goes into it. It's just not this. There's a difference between the way I felt last year and in previous years. And so it's, it, I want to compare it to the anxiety and stress. You're not ever going to give it, you know, get rid of all of it. Just like you're never going to get rid of all the, the um, suffer and sacrifice of bodybuilding too, that it takes to, to truly be an Olympia champion. Um, but, but there is a, a, a different way to go about it. Yeah. You don't have to break up class and put it into your shoes. And, do <laughs> yeah. cardio. and that's where our, do you remember that time that you called me like late at night, man? I, it was like almost midnight. I feel like my time you're still living in California at the time. And I think I was a couple weeks out from the Olympia or something. And I was like, I was really like really tired and you're like, hey, what are you doing? I go, I'm literally like laying in bed. I'm like, I'm literally just laid down. You're like, I need you to get up. I'm like, okay. And I, I don't know why, why you had me get up or whatever, but you're like, okay, what's your weight? What's this? I'm like, okay, I told you. You go, well, get your, get your cardio shoes on. And I said, are you serious? And you're like, yeah, man, you want to win? You put your cardio shoes on. I go, I literally paused and I go, Okay. What do you want me to do? And you started busting out laughing. You're like, nah, I'm playing with you, man. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I probably was busting your ball. Yeah, you did. You're like, nah, I'm playing. You just passed the test though. I was like, oh, okay. You're telling me I didn't actually have to do cardio those few no, times do you, you called me at one I remember the story now. <laughs> Let me tell you why I did this. Because I said, if you are that miserable, why are you on social media posting <laughs> as much as you are? And why are you doing A, B, and C? Because lots of times I'll just check in on my social media later at night when I have time. And then I, all of a sudden I'm mm -hmm. seeing him, but there's posts from him like, every oh, that's half what hour. it was. Yeah. And, and I said, and I said, brother, you need to get off the social media. You need to take breaks, go ahead and do it throughout the day, mm -hmm. but, but do it in segments because again, that obsessive compulsive genes on there. So you would call me and be like, Hey, uh, what's your, what's your phone time? I'm like, what are you talking about? Yes. Like how, how much how, like screen I'm, time? Yeah. Your screen, screen time. time. I'm like, what is that? He goes, 
send me uh, how, mu- how much screen time y- or whatever it is. Like, send me- and he sends it to me and all it said was yes. <laughs> <laughs> was- you know, he was on the screen. <laughs> There's nobody that I know that I would go and somebody had just posted. Jay would just post. And it says two minutes ago, he liked it. <laughs> And I've, noticed that too. I yeah. have noticed that too. I've noticed Derek. that. I'm trying to be the first man. Yeah. <laughs> you know what the funny thing is, is you've told me a similar thing though, as far as like time on stuff like that. And I'm like, honey, I'm your social media manager. And <laughs> yeah, now, but like, that's so, taken away from your planning. Yeah. So you <laughs> but I was like, but no, but it is a, it's a great point about just general mental health. I'm like, right. You could do everything else better if you just get it done, pop out. You and know, that's like, the take thing. What you, need to. you can't be a slave to social. Yeah. You can't be a slave. And, and I want to just touch on this. Really quick, everybody who's trying to stay in shape to try to get likes or try to do these crazy heavy ass weights, right? You got guys like Larry Wheels who does, that's what he does. Mm-hmm. That's kind of part of his, I don't want to say gimmick, but that's part his of his brand. His brand. That, that's a much better term. It's part of his brand is doing really heavy weights. Bradley Martin does the same thing. All these guys, they'll take two blondes and put one on each side of the bench and turn turn around and bench them. Those are things that are a part of their brand. But when it comes to bodybuilding, I feel that it can be a detriment when you try to overfocus on being able to focus on doing heavy weights for likes or doing stuff that's going to always impress your followers. I think that you have to turn around and do that. Even on the women's side, it's like how much more scantily dressed do you need to be or how much more skin do you have to show to get more and more likes? Because everything is almost to the point where people have gotten numb with it. And I feel like that's when you have to turn around and be like, if you want to connect with your audience, I tell people connect with your audience, talk to them, be able to let them know why you're doing what you're doing with your training or your nutrition or what's going on in your life. Converse with them, let them know, create, pull back the curtains and be able to know who you are. And if you do have products, that you want to endorse whatever brand you're with, then convert with them, converse with them. So you can tell them, Hey, this is part of the solution. You know, you need to build trust first. They, have to be able to, they don't, you know, it's, it's getting them to trust you with your time is one thing, which as far as watching your stuff, trust with engaging with you, sending messages, right. whatnot, but trusting with your wallet is really important too. And you're selling a product that you are recommending. You want to build up that trust first, but so many people skip over that. Like here's my butt. Here's a product. <laughs> yeah, just like, speaking of products, you guys are matching. You got your gold and black Evagen logos. Demon. You got blue and that. And I'm sitting here mismatched. I feel like uh, the guy that's wearing Nike sweats with an Adidas. I think your shirt. bottle's in the way too. Yeah, well, it's okay. I'm not using it for that. I wanted to. In my FSC seven doesn't match Classic. any of this stuff. I'll put this vintage. Yeah. Vintage. <laughs> and you, yeah, I mean, you're you even got the gold ring. Um, I don't know about you. I didn't plan this. Did you plan yours? I bet you did. You did. He did. He had he to have. He had to have. He had to He's like, <laughs> oh, it's, it's it's podcast. he's it's, got the logo, the matching logo to go with that. I'm, I'm wearing here. my Evogen socks. <laughs> I got underwear. Everything. We don't even have socks or underwear, but that's not I got them made. I got them made. <laughs> it's podcast day. We have to match. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I have matching shoes, man. Wow. Look at you. All right. What that's are actually the, what are, those? are those Jordans? Yeah. Wow. Of course, man. You see that flexibility? He oh, got, yeah. he got the shoe stretching. up into the frame. There you go. Yeah, that's yeah. stretching, man. There you go. Good job. That's as far it goes, as it goes, though. Yeah. <laughs> so, guys, I um, I appreciate your time. Um, we're going to get ready to go train okay. and be able to sit down and talk about what we're doing here <laughs> and uh, get to weigh you in and see where you're at. So, um, I know you've kept yourself off the scale, but here we have to put you on the scale. 
So okay. too bad I don't have a skill here. We could just weigh you in for everybody here and, and see where you're at. Yeah. Well, we'll do sure it maybe on the video. Sure they don't have one? <laughs> they don't have <laughs> a podcast studio. <laughs> yeah. we, we have a scale. It's an old ass busted one though. Oh. I'm a spider, my, my podcast engineer. Grab a scale. No, we'll do it. We'll do it in the gym. I'm All sure right, there's a couple right. of scales in the gym. We're going to go over to Absolute and cool. uh, get a good workout in. So we'll be able to get through that and maybe we'll video it. We're, All right. Yeah. Well, maybe give we'll, the people what they want. Yes. So if you guys want to see that, mm -hmm. go to the Evening Channel, sign up. We're going to go ahead and we're going to shape a video of a workout with Derek. And uh, if we can find a scale that works. <laughs> what are we training today? I yeah. think we're, I th what are you on? Uh, I took yesterday as a rest day, but I trained hard for like five days straight. I've done everything. So I'm pretty fresh, ready to go for anything. I did chesticles. I did legs on chesticles. Uh, Let's yeah. do chesticles because that's one of the bar, you know, yeah. everyone's asking me what. I want you to improve on. I want your chest and your arms. I sure. think, I mean, you're doing a good job with the legs. Yep. Everything can get better. Remember me, I'm just never happy. But at the end of the day, we're always chasing perfection. You'll never get there, but we will be chasing it. See, I like that. That's why we click, man. Because I'm, I'm the same. I'm right there with you. Like, I just want to be the best I can possibly be. No, you wanted to be the white Phil Heath. <laughs> That's what he said to me. I said, can you make me the next Phil Heath? Uh, I could, I could get you close to Jay Cutler, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Phil Heath, you know, but, uh, yeah. So guys, uh, again, thank you so much. Hani Rambod got Austin as well as the reigning 212 champ, Derek Lunsford. And that's the truth.